G'day, mate. What's your name? Hello, my name's Sarah. Sarah, and what do you do? Gaul? Sarah Gaul? Yep. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yes. You tell me. Yeah. And what do you do, Sarah Gaul? I'm a musical comedian, actor, writer, and um, uh, a, a musician, I guess. Musician as yep. well. Yep. Nice. Yep. Po- entertainer, performer. <laughs> Entertainment, I might give the wrong idea. Performer <laughs> who also writes stuff. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Crowdwork Cast. My name is Andrew Barnett. Uh, got another great episode for you this week. My guest is Sarah Gall, comedian. Uh, actress, musician, probably musician before actress, she would identify herself as all-round entertainer. She's one of those people who is uh, what I'd call annoyingly talented. Uh, Now, full disclosure for this one, if you are watching it on YouTube, I'd forgotten to tell Sarah that I record this uh, on camera as well as audio. Um, She turned up thinking it was just an audio podcast, so she didn't have makeup on, hadn't done her hair. She looks great in the episode, but... Uh, in fairness to her, uh, that was poor form on my part. Um, so yeah, check us out on YouTube. Um, now, Sarah's great to see live, so please do go see her live. You can find all her dates on her Instagram, which is Empire of Gaul. Uh, so check that out. She's also got a uh, movie that she stars in that's on Netflix. Uh, you'll hear us talk a little bit about that in the pod. Um, that's called Hot Mess, so check that out on Netflix. And as she says, not suitable for kids, but uh, a very good film anyway. Um, if you'd like to come see me live, I've got a bit going on. This Wednesday, the 9th of November, I'll be at Canberra Comedy at the Transit Bar in the city in Canberra there. Uh, then November 24 to 26, I'm in regional Queensland. The 24th of November, I'll be at the Jandaway Community Hall in Jandaway. Uh, 25th, um, at the Tara Soldiers Club in Tara. And then uh, the 26th of November, I'll be at the Miles Centre in Leichhardt. They should be fun gigs, so uh, come out and check those out if you're in the area. Uh, December 9, I'm heading down to Thoreau. Uh, I'll be at Ryan's Hotel there on December 9. And then December 10, uh, I'll be at Penrith Panthers hosting Christmas Crackers, which is a showcase for A-list comedy. And then uh, the 16th of December, I'll be doing the same, but at the Juniors at Kingsford. They're all going to be great shows. So if you want to come along and see me and a bunch of other great acts live, please do get along. Uh, As always, just check my socials for dates and that sort of stuff. But that's enough rambling. Let's get on with the episode. I think you're fair enough to say entertainer. We've worked together plenty of times, mm. and uh, I'm always entertained. So, oh, that's very yes. nice. Thank you. So Ditto. I consider you Likewise. An ent- Thank you very much. Mm. That's not why I gave the compliment, but uh, <laughs> I'll take one back. I do, I do like a compliment. Um, so ent- you multi-talent. You're one of these people that um, when you're on a comedy lineup, I often look at you and wonder why you're doing stand-up because you can do so many other things. Ah. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember, I, actually, I was thinking about this before you came over. The first time I met you was at a room in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were both doing just short sets. Mm-hmm. And I think it might have even been Chris Ryan yeah. who said um, to me, oh, that's Sarah. She's She's awesome. She's you know, she's got a, she's got a movie on Netflix. Oh God! That was the big that was the big thing. You'd come yep. back from New York. You yep. had a movie on Netflix. Yep. And um, you were I don't know if you were new to the scene or you were new to the scene as I knew you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, the so many questions. Mm-hmm. First, let's start with the the Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. What? How? Oh my god! Okay, so the movie—it's um, called—it's called Hot Mess. If you have watched it, I, hope I it have was, watched it. I was gonna say I hope it wasn't with your kids because it is—it uh, <laughs> is very not a, a kids movie. Mm. Um, so Hot Mess is uh, the way I, I guess, like the way the film came about, is writer director Lucy Coleman, yep. who's now one of my best friends and one of my favorite people to work with, uh, graduated film school. Yep. Got a master's. She's an amazingly qualified person. Anyway, so she wrote this film um, because after film school, a lot of people go ahead and do like attachments or internships and that th- sort of thing. And she, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah. And she's like, fuck it. I'm going to just make a movie yep. for, t- for, for pittance and just produce a product. 
anyway, so then she happened to see one of my fringe shows, a Sydney fringe show, came along to see it with a friend and then afterwards was like, hey, this is weird, but I've written a movie and I'd really love you to be in it. And when a stranger approaches you, when a stranger approaches you about a movie, you're like, oh my God, like, (laughs) is this an adult film? Like, what is going on? That is the, that's how so many, like, that's the, the sort of the almost and I don't take this the wrong way that's the childish dream of how oh, absolutely. showbiz happens absolutely like, kid I'm yeah. taking you to Hollywood I'm gonna make sure smoking a cigar she's like I'm gonna make you huge uh, and then I read the script and uh, I loved love 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 the script we met up for coffee I realized she's legit we have very similar voices very similar values uh, and then I was like I'd love to do this film she's like it's not paid I'm like I don't get paid for anything so that's yeah. absolutely fine you just saw me in a fringe show yeah exactly right yeah. I paid to do this yeah. like I literally paid to do this it's like after school sports mm. um, and then, <laughs> and, so then and then uh, we shot it there was a lot of workshopping so like we we sort of made all the scenes sound authentic uh, to, to me and to the other actors which was a great process and then we shot it in I think uh, 2016 and the life of a um of sort of a non-studio film is very interesting. So we shot it in 2016. It was in post in 2017, uh, meaning, you know, it was in the editing suite, getting sort of music yep. and everything added. 2018, it did the festival rounds. So we did a Seattle Film Festival, which was one of the coolest oh, nice. experiences of my life. Yeah. yeah. They really champion like very, very independent films. Mm. Uh, we did a, a festival in Perth and in Sydney. Uh, 2019, it came out on, on demand, which means that people can buy it off iTunes. Yep. That sort of thing to try and, you know, recoup some of the costs, which makes sense. Uh, and then in 2020, uh, we got uh, an email that uh, Netflix had uh, picked it up and it came out in, I want to say, October 2020, which was really, really cool. So it's not actually a Netflix produced film, but uh, they in that year and I think since uh, are really championing Australian content. Mm. And so they picked up our little film and I believe it's still on there. That's exciting. So it was very, very cool. Um, and we, um, you know, we made it for... Uh, in the end, I think the actual output was three grand. Oh wow! Everything was just three grand. Yep, everything was volunteer. That we had these amazing professionals working on it, and uh, they were just so kind and generous with their time because we were kind of like you know, um, well, Lucy, who obviously did did most of mm. it, was kind of like, you know, do you um, uh, you know, know anyone or whatever? And pe- these people who are amazing at their job just sort of volunteered their time. Um, and so the film looks and sounds really, really good. I was going to say, it looks... Yeah, which I think is is really sort of what makes it uh, stand out potentially. Uh, but it was just so funny. We're at the Actor Award, Actors, which is the uh, Australian Academy of... Uh, cinema and television and something television like, act, like something. yeah that that yeah, yeah. that oh God, I should know that the actors um, yeah the the actors uh but we were there and uh we got nominated for best indie film oh, or wow. best new film or something like that uh and the budget was like under a million and all the, <laughs> and all the other films in the category were like they made this for pennies for nine hundred thousand dollars and we're like cool 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 um and so that was just so funny being there with all these famous people with our little three thousand dollar film yeah I d- <laughs> that is that's super impressive three thousand dollars because mm. I don't think like I don't think people realize how many steps there are in production of anything oh absolutely ha- just how much it all ends up costing like just. Yeah. Absolutely. Like all this stuff you'd never think of um, mm. goes into it. So $3,000 and mm. for it to look and sound like it does, mm. like that's one of the things you'll notice. Like I noticed there's two things that always bump you from a film that I don't know that people always know why mm. they're being bumped, but they go, oh, it just looks cheap or whatever. Mm. One is lighting. Yep, 100%. Uh, and the other is sound. Yep. When when one of those things is off even just slightly, mm. it just changes the whole feel of the of the absolutely the absolutely value of the production. And we had access to really good gear um, because of the amazing sound people that we got in and the cinematographer. Uh, and I think what was really good about it was that everyone was at the same spot, so everyone was really amazing at their individual sort of. Um, uh, area of specialty, so be, yep. it, be it sound, money, went on, uh, makeup included, um, but uh, wanted a credit, so we all kind of got a credit out of this, yeah. and so we all had something to show. This is your IMDb. Mm. This is your exactly your, right. Basically, start of your resume to yeah. show this is for the next job and that sort of stuff. Yeah, for that's, sure. Yeah, that's impressive. So let, let's go back then. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you were discovered uh, by Hollywood <laughs> out, out of a fringe show. So Let's go back. Where'd you grow? You grew up 
Newcastle way? No, I grew up in Musselbrook, actually. Musselbrook. Yeah. That was the other thing I was told. She's from Newcastle. Yeah, no, people always think, well, my parents live in Newcastle. Uh, and so obviously I'm back there quite a lot. Um, but I've lived all over the place because I've studied sort of all over the place, like Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney mostly. Uh, but I grew up in Musselbrook, uh, which for anyone who doesn't know where that is, uh, it's a small mining town. I think it's northwest. Does that sound right? Yep. Like three hours northwest of here. Um, or less since the expressway has been put in. Yeah. Hunter um, Expressway. Yeah, exactly. Not a bad road, that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's, it's very pleasant. That'll uh, get you to wine country quick. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, no, when people <laughs> it ask... It wasn't when, for the locals. <laughs> no, exactly. When people ask where Musselbrook is, I'm like on the way to wine country and they're like, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where we stopped for petrol. Mm. Um, uh, so I grew up there uh, and then when I was 15, I got a scholarship to boarding school in Sydney. Ooh, la-di-da. Ooh, la-di-da. Uh, but I was one of the scholarship kids, so not a, not a full-blown member of the community. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and so then I went to um, I went to boarding school for years 10, 11, 12, which was just awesome. Where at? Uh, Ravenswood oh, in Sydney. Uh, that is a nice one. Yeah, it is. It was it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. I was very very lucky to to go there uh, with the, with the boarding and and everything. But the reason that I wanted to go there is because their theatre and music and drama is incredible, and and it really was. It was just a step above anything I could have imagined yeah. for for a high school education. It was crazy. So how, what did you get your scholarship for? Uh, academic. Academic. Nerds oh, shit. You're a yeah. nerd. Yeah. No, it's wow. not, not even for music. No, but the musicians at Ravenswood are on a, a level that I can't even, I could never have aspired to. Like the classical violinists and pianists and yeah. even the like the classically trained singers there were so far above where I was. So there was no no competition there. <laughs> but, um, but no, I got the scholarship. I believe it was mostly for my creative writing, which sort of marries into, I think that's yeah. why I'm not, I don't know if you can imagine this. I'm terrible at maths and what? science. <laughs> Come on, a musical yeah, you comedian. You should see me try and write an invoice. I'm just like, I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a problem at some stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to get onto that. That's true. <laughs> just yep. get some good software. That's, that's it. That's what I no, do. That's exactly Fill in it. the fields and then mm. it sends it itself. Absolutely. Um, that's, uh, yeah, so you, you've gone to Ravenswood. It's funny you were saying about the theatre mm. at that school because I was, mm. um, I did a, I did a gig for, um, one of the, it's not even, it was just a nice um, Catholic school on the Northern mm. Beaches. Oh, they're all so well resourced. It's oh, crazy. And it, the, this mm. beautiful theatre and it, mm. it was a girls' school and it was funny because I was talking to the comedians. I was like this, to try and explain to these kids that you're going to do your drama piece on this stage mm. in year 12 and then if you try and go to a career in the arts, mm. it's going to take a long time before you're back on a stage this nice. It's literally like something from STC, a lot of them. Like we yeah. we got, um, if my memory serves me correctly, we did a, a Beauty and the Beast, uh, the musical, uh, and they got in choreographers from Sydney Dance Company. Like it's just insane. That is. Yeah, which is ridiculous when you actually yeah. think about it because we're all 15, 16, sort of just very like, you know, amateur sort of production. But no, it's just insane the resources those places have. And how, mm. how many nicer stages have you played since? Um, I uh, So the Ravenswood Theatre is very nice. I, I wouldn't – now I think of theatres in terms of capacity because that's such a comedian <laughs> thing. Um, or capas, capas, as I said to Chris and uh, – How many Luke packs? Yeah. <laughs> how many packs? <laughs> uh, I gotta say, I've played. I've been very lucky to play some really nice um, theatres. I've done uh, Enmore. Uh, I've uh, I've done uh, Civic Theatre in Newcastle, but I like those. I prefer those kind of theatres because they're old. They feel haunted. Mm. You know, well, not Enmore so much since it's been renovated. But the Civic Theatre in yeah, Newcastle, you can just imagine ghosts live there. Like, I'm actually playing the Civic with the Sydney Comedy Festival in like two <gasps> months' time. I'm oh, so really? Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. It's going to be good because yeah. i got family up there too. Yeah. So um, my my brother and my sister mm. and their families are all up there. So um, I think it's going to turn into – my parents are minding everyone's kids and I think that's the plan the is they're coming to the show and then mm. everyone's going out and that's great. Uh, hitting the drink, which should <laughs> probably be since I'm the one who works the first part of the night. They'll be mm. like, well, you're driving anyway. So I'm just going to end up. Oh, no, if you're, they'll give you a rider. Like if you're, if you're performing, I feel like your part's done and you don't need to drive. Yeah. No, my family. Someone else can drive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're just going to go, we're going to drink in the first part Mm. of the night anyway. (laughs) We're going to go to dinner and get drunk beforehand. Okay. Yeah. Great. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's Ubering. It'll be, yeah, it'll be fun. Mm. uh, It'll be really good. Yeah. There's, um, and the Enmore though, like you said, it's not old, but that Renault is pretty special. The Enmore's good. Actually, uh, nerd alert, I haven't, I don't think I've done the Enmore for comedy. I've done it for impro a lot. Um, so I do improvisation. Mm. 
This is this is the thing. You are a bit of um. You're not a you you. I want to know about your journey to stand up comedy. In arts, we call it, I believe, a slashy. A slashy. So it's like a like that's normally like a singer, actor, dancer. That's musical yeah. theater. I am, for the record, not a dancer. Uh, which, which is why I could never do. You look shocked. How are you shocked? No, that's because <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But I suppose that's you play keys, you play piano. So I do. Yeah. There's not a lot of people mm. that um, dance and play piano mm. at the same time. Yeah. So um, I was going to say I've, I have so much to say about this, but the musical theatre kind of track mm. um, is very much dance heavy. So if you're going to go into musical theatre, study at a musical theatre school, be in professional musicals, generally the go is. You're a dancer who also does singing and acting, whereas I'm very much a singer who also acts and plays piano. Ah, mm. so you, yeah, so the traditional route in there is through mm. chorus line, I suppose. Yeah, exactly is where you right. Get your, yep. your start. Yeah, you... the first round of any musical theatre audition is always dance, which just knocks me out yeah. straight away. I want to sidestep my way into musical theatre uh, if I ever get famous. Like, you know how they'll always have like a celebrity cameo playing like some side role? I want that role. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, um, like the <laughs> king in yes! um, Hamilton. Yeah, you, you can hang out backstage with your friends, go and do a song, and then just, yeah. yeah. You come out like <laughs> three times. Times, when you do, you've got yep. the stage to yourself. Exactly. Like you are right. in the limelight. No. But because musical theatre performers are incredible. Like they're all mm. gymnasts, dancers. Like I could never in my life compete with them for anything. I remember doing mm. um doing a cruise ship years oh, ago now. And I actually was... I really want to do the cruise ship thing. It's, it's hilarious. That it's But you were saying you were on a cruise. Yes. The first day there was like a um evacuation drill or something we all mm-hmm. had to do. And so you had to go to muster and form up. And where I was sent to muster for the evacuation drill was, um, and I was with all the, the chorus cast oh, yeah. that, from yep. the, the production shows on mm. the ship. And these guys were, it was exactly that. They mm. were standing, singing, like they're all like fit as, mm-hmm. full of energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sort of standing there posed, like with a coffee yeah, just after yeah. breakfast, <laughs> yeah. just like, I need Being to. Being like it's, it's before midday, I should yeah. be. Uh, oh, no, they're all athletes. And it's crazy. They were yeah. so outgoing, so nice. Yeah. They're like, yeah. what are you, and what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we'll come and see oh, you. Oh, comedy. I could never do comedy. I, I know. could never it's do like, comedy. It's no, like you probably could. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, it takes a little bit. Just mostly takes a lack of not being able to do anything else. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. No, it is. I love the idea though of because what I've heard about cruise ships and this, I, I have a question for you actually. I don't know if that's appropriate. No, no. But um, like on cruise ships, I feel like you said there's like a dedicated comedy room. So when people go to that room, they know they're going to see comedy. Yeah. But my favorite stories that comedians have, and I always ask comedians this is what is um, your favourite, like your, the worst gig that you've done where people didn't know that was comedy? Oh. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when there's yeah. there's like a dinner or a something and no one's aware that there's comedy on. And so you have to explain that you're a comedian. Surprise comedy <laughs> is... Surprise comedy. I remember doing like a... Because <laughs> it's not like... It is, it's no, just no. so... It never works. I remember yeah. doing like a corporate, like early on that it was... I don't even know how I got it because it wasn't through anyone or whatever, mm. but... This guy thought it was it was for the, like a group's Christmas party, or whatever. Mm. But he thought it was going to be great that mm. they didn't know I was a comedian. <laughs> I, would, I would just told him you're from such mm. and such office. I'm like, mm. well, no. Mm. no, and then you get up and make a speech, and then you just be funny. I'm like, no, that doesn't. <laughs> that's no, that's a re- oh my god, I once that's did horrendous. a um, I once did a gig with a mate. We travelled to um to Foster. Yeah. Um, and uh, a local sort of restaurant uh, was going to do a comedy night. And we're like, this sounds fantastic. Great. Like, mm. love that. Love doing, I love doing comedy, especially like if it's a small space, everyone knows it's on. Dinner and a show. Yeah, dinner and a show. Great vibe, especially for music. That's yeah. such a good vibe. Um, but then we kind of got there and um, uh, it wasn't sort of set up and it was nearish to Christmas. And there was a lot of, there was a Christmas party happening. There were families with young kids sort of at tables Alarm and we bells. had a, yeah, we, strike one, strike, yeah, strike two. One. We had a good chat um, mm. to the, and we were just like, oh, like, so is everything, are we all going to sort of orient the chairs towards the stage? And it was, the best way I can describe it is background comedy. Like, you yep. know how you might have live music in a pub, which is lovely. Yeah, Love yeah, that. Yeah. So I actually just ended up playing covers, acoustic covers of my own songs. Oh, like, wow. At least I, you have that option. Yeah, because I kind of just wanted to fade into the background. <laughs> and there were kids sitting two metres away from it. And all my songs have sweary words in them. And I'm just like, I can't. It's daylight. They're yeah. just having their little, you know, dinners. And I can't I can't do that. And I just, I've never wanted to get off stage more in my life. Oh, my, I did a gig at 
Penrith Panthers years mm. ago. And I'd done it, once again, I'd done it and it was in a space and it was mm. all right. And then we'd rock up this night and the something had happened in the venue like that space wasn't mm. available. So they'd moved the comedy, but they'd moved it to where you would sit like a solo mm. acoustic art, like yeah. musician who's playing somewhat as... Background. Background. While people so, chat. Yeah. Yeah. So it was basically, we were almost in a passageway. There was like a walkway and at the end was where the mm. stage was. Then you'd walk out and then a walkway coming across yep. in front of the stage. Oh, okay. And then to your left, there was a pond. <laughs> and then on the other side of the pond were the outdoor pokies. Great. With people sitting with their back to you. Yep. Okay. And then on the other side of the walkway, then there was some audience seats mm. set up and then on this side on the right side there was another pond and then more people sitting in a beer garden area down Good vibe. there oh, yeah. it was yeah and then at the back yeah a bunch of families with kids and stuff and i'm so like, who are you actually playing to uh well a couple of people that sat in that front thing and then the people you could, we really interrupted the night of the people <laughs> who were just trying to have because they t- like the sound, like they had the access to the sound, yeah. so the sound was everywhere mm. <laughs> in there. Yeah, and then occasionally you'd see, like you know, you'd glance over and you'd see someone playing the pokies, just sort of looking around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good one. <laughs> Go back <laughs> Great, to more chili. It was... You want to elicit that response. You want someone to turn away from the pokies machine for a split second. Yes, yeah, that's exactly. the dream audience. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, I've done. Yeah, they're, like oh, yeah, there's so many, but that's part of. It's part of the fun. Part of comedy. Especially if you're there with other comedians that you know. Uh, yeah. You can kind of just, you know, you're in the trenches together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, which makes me wonder, because you have the skills, like mm-hmm. you've improv music, um, cabaret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cabaret is sort of a, sort of moved away from the cabaret thing. Like as, as delightful as it is, I consider cabaret more sort of... Um, uh, I would consider myself a cabaret artist if I played other people's music, kind of thing. You know what I mean? So like, what makes what? Th- this is my question. Like, because I, I I'll throw the term around. Yeah, but I'm oh, not so 100 yeah. sure. Like, what mm. makes cabaret as distinct to um, other? I actually I don't know the official definition, so I'll probably butcher this. But in meant for me, I consider cabaret more if you're playing covers or tributes. Yep. Uh, for example, if I was to do a um a Liza Minnelli tribute show, that's not co- I wouldn't call that musical comedy. Please do. I would call that I would call that a cabaret. I would call and it I, great. And I think it's, okay. Well, we'll mark that down for Fringe next year. Yeah. Um. But I um I also consider the vibe. Um. So with musical comedy, I'm literally doing stand up between songs, and yeah. every song is intended to be comedic. Whereas I think cabaret is a little more open. Mm. Uh, and also cabaret has that sort of vaudeville vibe. Yes. Whereas I I used to do that like when I first started, I used to sort of play just cabaret venues. Um, you know, uh, do some songs that weren't comedy, throw a couple of covers in there. And now I'm like, no, I just want to be in comedy spaces, just doing comedy. So what, what is it? Did, so, okay. You leave school. Mm. What was the dream or the goal or what, 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 what were you uh, embarking on? I wanted to be a lawyer. I studied, really? I studied law. Yeah. I went down to Canberra and studied wow. law. Uh, I knew I always wanted to perform, but I thought I had a really, uh, really amazing legal studies teacher who I just to this day adore. And she really, really um, inspired me to study law. And she's like, through that, you can sort of make a difference. And I'm like, great. Um, And so I studied law, got in uh, down at ANU. Uh, lived there, studied there for a year, loved it, really loved law. But in the background, I always had this niggling thing that I wanted to be a performer. So I thought, I'll just I'll just keep trying out for the acting schools yeah. while I'm here. It costs 20 bucks or something. No harm, no harm, no foul. And then if I don't get in, I can just, that's a sign. Yep. And so I uh, auditioned for acting school, didn't get in, went to law school, very happy. Uh, end of law school, I was like, I'll just give it one more go. And then I got into VCA in Melbourne. Um, uh Victorian Victorian College of the Arts and thousands of people auditioned for these things and 20 of us got in. Oh, wow. Um, and I can say with all honesty, I don't know why I got in um, because I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not an actor's actor. Um, but I mean, obviously they saw something that they liked and so I was... I like one of the moments of my life that I remember the most was um, waiting for that. Uh, I, I didn't know how it was going to come through. Um, I got all the way through to the callbacks, final stage, Everything went well, did some improv, all great. This was at a side room at uh, Sydney Theatre Company. Mm-hmm. I remember it so vividly. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to let you know 
in the next three weeks. And I'm like, that's great for my anxiety, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, just enjoy three weeks. Yeah. Every time the phone rings. Yeah, uh, exactly. And you're... I didn't know how it was going to come through. And then in the end, um, someone else I knew that auditioned got their rejection. And I'm like, I haven't heard anything. And then I checked my uh, – I'm just like, you know, mom, has there been any mail? I haven't got any phone calls. Uh, and then I checked my spam folder and there it was. It was a, you've been, it was a very clinical university thing. It was like, you have been accepted into this course. Yeah, like, wow. blah, blah, blah. And I just started crying. I was like, oh my God, like this is what I'm meant to be doing. And then so I did my year of law and then I moved to Melbourne, obviously for VCA and just, I loved it at first. And then I quickly understood that I'm not meant to be a serious theatre actor um, because it's like the, um, it's like the musical theatre thing. Like there are people for whom that's their entire passion mm. and they're amazing at it. And I'm like, that's not me. Um, you know, that's not, it's like law. There were people who law, for whom law was their entire passion. I have friends who are really high up in various you know, law firms and, and um, policy and government now. Um, but I just didn't enjoy the really nitty gritty acting sort of things because I couldn't take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm inherently like not a, um, not a, not a Chekhovian, Shakespearean, <laughs> can you believe it, sort of actor. And so a year and a half into acting school, I dropped out um, because that same year, I uh, had started writing comedy songs. This is 2011. Um, and then there was a big opening gala at VCA and they opened, they invited acts to perform, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, and I'd written these songs uh, over the summer holidays um, because I tried to be a real singer-songwriter. Like I tried to write genuine songs, couldn't, and then came up with these few little comedy songs. And I'm, I was sort of like, mm, okay, right, maybe I'll perform there. Um, just try them because it's low stakes. Everyone's drunk. It's a uni function. Yeah. Um, and it was at this, I remember this was, this was another one of those moments. It was at this like upstairs in this sort of dirty bar and they'd set it all up and there were lights and there was, I'd, I'd borrowed someone. I didn't own a keyboard down in Melbourne. So I borrowed someone's keyboard. Um, and I did these three songs and I got a standing ovation and people like chanting Holy my name. Shit. To be fair, they were drunk theatre kids. So like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like easiest audience ever. But I was like, <laughs> all right, this is what. I'm like, this is it. I'm like, this is it. Um, and then I, uh, around that time, had discovered Tim Minchin, um, yep. the obviously very um, very gifted pianist. He's he's a, an amazing classical pianist, uh, writer of Matilda, just an amazing, amazing um, sort of uh, guy who obviously uh, started out as a musical com comedian. And so I then Googled um, how did Tim Minchin get his start and he did his first show at a little cabaret bar in South Melbourne. So a year later I did my first show there. Oh, wow. Mm, yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's so you, so you started in that little cabaret bar. Yep. Um, how long before you were going to, like, going and getting on comedy well, Well, interestingly, um, uh, I did that for... Do, 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 do. So that was, what, 2012? So 13, 14, 15, 16, I then... Uh, wanted to get a degree. So then, uh, and all my family's in Newcastle and all my friends are in Sydney because that's where I went to school and whatnot. So yep. I actually moved back up, got my arts degree at Sydney Uni. While I was there, I did improv and I did comedy loosely, not in any way professionally, you know, little comedy nights at uni and stuff. Uh, and I was lucky enough to um, do shows with, you know, like the likes of like Aaron Chen and Steen Raskopoulos. They were all sort of round. Obviously, Aaron's like yes. a comedy god and now. Steen's kicking ass in the UK. Yeah. Also the nicest people ever. Yeah. Like so nice. Um, uh, but then I uh, didn't think I wanted to be a comedian. I didn't really know. Um, and then I went to, I finished my arts degree and I was like, I actually have no idea what I want to do. So I did what every um, woman in their 20s does and I went to New York for a year. But why not? Yeah, exactly. So I got the um, J1 visa, which is only eligible, uh, you're only eligible for it a year after uni. Yep. Like within 12 months. So I applied, I got it, I went. Um, and I started doing comedy quite seriously over there. So I had a day job and then I'd have a keyboard and I would just carry it around to comedy venues. Um, oh, wow. And I endeared myself to a lot of really good comedy venues over there because I was female Australian and musical. So it was sort of like, <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you were, know. You were a perfect addition to any yeah. lineup. Was, yeah. Oh, sorry, we've got uh, we've already got three female Australian music, yeah, musical exactly, comedians. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't without its challenges. Like, I totally had some bombs. And I, my first gig there actually was um, what I thought was an open mic night. It was actually a, a beat poetry night. So oh, that wow. Was, yeah. So I read that all wrong. But, That's awesome. Um, then I that got would have been so good. Oh, 
I, I, I absolutely ate it there. Um, I would have loved to have watched that. Because... Yeah, people were, cl- were clicking and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, what have I done? Um, but then, yeah, I started playing at, like, Eastville. I played at Gotham. That was a oh, really wow. amazing moment, the Jerry Seinfeld place. And these are all, like, it's not hard to get on there. It's hard to do well there. Like, because to, to get on at a lot of these places, they have called, what's called bringer rooms. Yep. So you need to bring anywhere between, like, two and eight people um, and then you get on. Uh, so it's not like a, a huge achievement to actually get on at these places, but to, but I sort of played them all repeatedly um, and just did so many shows um, and really learned a lot because what I love about New York is it's quite um, – because there's so many comedians there. The good comedians are incredible. The bad comedians are the worst comedians I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm wondering – I've got a theory yeah. with this, and you're probably better placed because I haven't sort of checked out New York, but every place I've gone to do comedy is mm. the scene – it just varies the size, but there's mm. a percentage that are really good. Mm-hmm. There's a percentage that are middling and mm-hmm. there's a percentage that are terrible. And then there's yep. a percentage you're like, wow, this is... Yeah, dog what, shit. Why? <laughs> yeah. why? Yeah. But the it's to me, the percentages, the the ratio stays pretty similar scene to yeah, scene. absolutely. It's just depending on the size of the scene. So if it's a big scene, there'll be lots more, there'll be more mm. by number, more mm. um, good, really good comedians, but then that number of really good comedians is still only the same percentage of comedians. Yeah. Is that... No, absolutely. No, that's absolutely right. Um, Because, yeah, the really... You have to be really, really good to get to the top in New York. So the New York... Like, I mean, Louis C.K. was the quintessential sort of New York comedian before that all went down. Um, And... What what, what happened? Hmm? (laughs) Well, okay, fun story. (laughs) Yeah. So the day that he got cancelled... As in the day that um, I think it was, I want to say the New Yorker, the New York Times. There was like you know the article that sort yeah. of ended his career. Um, the, the Did it though? Well, that's another. Let's <laughs> we'll, let's, we'll let's circle let's circle back to that. <laughs> yes, um, at the time it might have seemed yeah, yeah. It seemed like it was ending so. His career, um, yeah. Uh, a guy called Andy, who was the booker at Gotham, who was this like absolutely like hello, how you like really like really blunt New York guy, just a really really rude, but really really fun, um, uh, <laughs> like a like a character. Yeah, exactly like- right. Um, he sort of put an offer out. He had some tickets to the um, premiere of Louis C.K.'s film with a Q and A, the I Love You Daddy film. Yes, which is just it, I, I don't think anyone's ever seen it. Um, no. Black and white film. He was going to be there. It was a little movie theater, and I'm like, what a dream! I'm like, one of my idols. Yeah. Um. Just this is incredible. I've I haven't I've been in New York for like eight months. I haven't seen him. Um. This is going to be incredible. I'm looking forward to seeing the film. Me and my friend, you know, we're going to get all dressed up, and it's sort of a red carpet thing. I'm like, this is going to be the coolest night ever. At about two o'clock that day, I got an email being like, this event has been re- has been cancelled. Will not be rescheduled. And there'd been whisperings of some, like just sort of, you know, something's going on. And then about half an hour later, um, the article came out and I'm just like, oh, well, that's, that's that. And it's like, it's horrendous. It's awful. But then I was doing, I think I did a show at The Stand in New York but, that night. Which but it I, ruined your night. It, it ruined mine. And that's the yeah. main thing. That's, yeah. I'm the main character. The, you're the real victim. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't even like his comedy anymore. Um, and at the um, and at the Stand that night, some really terrible male comics were trying new spirit, like off the cuff Louis C.K. stuff, being like, oh, well, I can take his place now or this sort of thing. Oh, like good. it's just, yeah, so just bad gear. Um, just really cringe stuff. But now he's, um, uh, I call it the Louis C.K. nine months. He sort of went into hibernation in Europe, got himself a hot French girlfriend for nine months and then and then sort of, you know, started releasing stuff on his website. And he has a huge fan base. He's, yeah. sell- he's selling out everywhere he goes. Mm. Well, so that was, and it ruined your night. Which it is, certainly ruined my night, which is the most important thing. That's, yeah, that's the real yeah. tragedy. Mm. Um, so... <laughs> I just remember the email. I wonder if I still have it. It's just no no body, just subject, all caps. This oh, ev- wow. This event has been cancelled will not be rescheduled. So and it was I was like, like someone something's, in their something's, 60s. Something's, something's going down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something's going down. Yeah. That's that's someone who's too disgusted to even write anything in the body. Yeah, and doesn't just, I, dum, dum, and dum, dum, doesn't dum. want to get any follow-ups. Yeah. Like you can't reply being like, hey, what happened? Yeah. So New York. Mm-hmm. Um how, so what year are we talking there? 1718. Like sort of half, like June to June. And then uh, back home. And then I came back and um, 
uh, I lived with my parents for a little bit just to sort of, cause I was, I, it was very, um, I don't think I allowed myself to think at the time, just how stressful it is. Cause I was working full time and then going to comedy gigs. There's never like a down moment. There's never yeah. sort of a quiet moment in, um, in somewhere like that. So I had a bit of recuperation and then I, um, started playing some gigs around Newcastle and, uh, one of the local Newcastle bookers there, um, uh, Andrew Milos, uh, saw me and I gave me my first paid gig. Oh, really? Like, you know, like really like not like five minutes, you know, sort yep. of a bit of cash sort of thing. But that was sort of the when I was like, oh, this actually could be a thing. And then uh, he started introducing me to uh, comics that I really admire, like the, you know, Luke Heggies of the world, just really kind, impressive people um, who to my... Sorry, sorry, mm, Luke Heggie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know are we about to get a you know are a we about to get a nah. scoop? Are nah. we about to get a scoop? <laughs> no, I, I love Luke. He's a good man. <laughs> oh, he's the best. But I just remember meeting him and um, uh, and him and I would never say this to his face, but him sort of treating me like a, a fellow comic. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's and there's no hierarchy. He's just like, oh, you also do comedy, and I was just blown away by that. And then I met so many other really wonderful, welcoming comics. You're about to say something shitty about Luke? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> you I, just I had was going to say that's. Um, I don't think, and I Luke Luke's the kind of guy who wouldn't even realize. Mm-hmm. I don't think he like the sometimes within the scene like Luke like when people meet you know, guy like Luke or whatever. Mm. And it's always nice when you work with a comedian who you've seen mm. before you did comedy and you've always mm. liked their work. And then when you get that moment where you work with them and they're just like, yeah. Oh yeah. This is, we're just another comic that, yeah. that, um, I remember getting that with comedians, you know, when mm. I started mm. and having that sort of almost acceptance, it, it means a massive deal. Oh, I was, I was floored by it. I remember, it was, yeah, I was doing, I think it was like five minutes on a, on a, you know, a classic Newcastle sort of lineup yeah. and just, yeah. And even like, um, uh, like Becky Lucas and stuff back then, yeah. just all so, so nice and so kind and so welcoming. And that made a massive difference to me. Cause I think it would have been a lot, if I'd have had a different experience, it would have been a lot sort of harder to get in. And then once you, obviously, as you know, once you do comedy, you see the same people yeah. around the tracks and you, it's sort of, you know, you sort of become friends or, or colleagues with people. But I just remember those, those few first gigs where I met these amazing comedians who were really nice to me. And then I started thinking of comedy as an actual possibility. And then once you start sort of getting paid gigs, you start getting more paid gigs. And then I moved to Sydney. And I think um, I think a few of those Sydney comics that I'd met at Newcastle gigs sort of started introducing me to Room Runners. And yep. then I started, you know, and, and it sort of crept through. And then I did Raw, um, which was really, really good. Um, uh, but I remember they... Um, uh, <laughs> This this still makes me so mad. Um, someone uh, I did raw, and I was at that point I had lost thousands of dollars. You know, doing various sort of festivals. I'd done Adelaide Fringe. I'd done Melbourne. I just lost so much money. Yeah, which is why I was sort which of is yeah festivals. Yeah, absolutely. I just I just I I cannot express how much money I'd lost, and I was working in retail. <laughs> anyway, so I did raw. I'd never heard of raw. I did raw, and I just thought what a great opportunity. And then I got through to the state final, and then I got an email from the festival uh, saying that I was too qualified to be doing raw. And that I'd earned too much money. And I was like, I have lost, I have never yeah. made a cent. I've earned come negative dollars. Yeah. I think at that point I'd maybe got $100 cash for doing some gigs, maybe wow. at that point. But Now, was that someone, mm. like, did that, how did they come across that? I have no idea. I have no idea. At the time I was so angry about it because I was like, like, this is such an amazing opportunity to be in the state final of Raw. Um, but even just you, that's, well, you would assume someone emailed, um, it was because at that point I had done hot mess and hot mess was out on TVOD, but not on Netflix. And because my friend had got me a spot on tonightly. Um, so I think, I think it was uh, the tonightly at that point. Um, but tonightly, I don't even know if that, I think it paid maybe like hundred bucks or something. Well, I mean, obviously I would have done it for free. Uh, but yeah. then I had to hire a car and a keyboard to do it. And so it sort of, you was, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was, so I was in, money. I was in the red, but it's just so funny that you can be, I was still starting out. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd had a TV credit, which was huge, just like massive for me, yeah, yeah. more of a favor. Um, one of my lovely friends sort of worked on there. Um, and I think someone pulled out and so I, I got the spot. Um, but just that there was this impression that I was like, uh, you know, a successful professional comedian where I was like, I'm dirt poor. I have nothing. 
uh, this raw opportunity is one of the first things I've had where, you know, and I got what I needed to out of raw. Some really amazing room bookers saw me and booked me and, and were really, really nice. And I made a lot of friends and stuff, but that I just remember getting that email being like, and like the bottom of my stomach fell out. And I was just like, I just, you know, I just, I'm not, I can't, you know, have this opportunity taken away that's, because of the perception that I'm successful when I'm not. <laughs> that's yeah. And that is just, it's disappointing because you like comedians and people in the comedy industry should know that that perception, like mm. it, sometimes that perception is, is very much just mm. that. Like you've, you've had a few things, but it doesn't mean that, mm. That yeah, you've got everything made, or you've, you're more yeah. experienced than you are. And I'd also, I'd, at that point, I'd genuinely been doing like, because in New York, obviously, I wasn't a professional comedian. I was honing my craft. I didn't get paid for a single gig I did in New York, except for maybe one at the end. I think I got Venmoed, which is like transferred like fifty bucks for it, and I'm like, yes, yeah, got paid for a gig in New York. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I'd only really started doing comedy, not cabaret, like 2018, and then I did Raw in. Um, uh, 2019 or 20, I can't remember, maybe 2020. Um, but that was, it's just so funny because it, that happened and then I didn't get through to the final, which is, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Um, it was, a, it was a great final that year and, and, you know, everyone who was in it was great. Um, so that's not, that's not my, my issue. My issue is that I just like, they were just like, Mwah. I think though, at the time, those things mm. seem like more important than they are. Like Raw is a great opportunity, but it certainly doesn't, mm. the, the more important thing is, mm. I think with comedy is in terms of indicator of whether you're going to be able to, you know, make it or be have any sort of success. Mm. It's more just keep turning up. Oh, absolutely right. But and I, I'm so raw is really where it all started for me because that's where I made a lot of really good friends of mine. That's where I met. Um, uh, I got gigs with Century from that, and gigs like so, you know those factory sort of theatre gigs, and yep. um, and then some some other sort of gigs, and then that's where I met um, Daniel Muggleton, who's one of my favourite comics, and went like a really he's been such a great friend and supporter. You really, just have weird taste, Heggy and Muggleton. They're just nice amazing. dudes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Male comics? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't mm, trust stay away. Don't trust um, male comics. But I got what I needed out of it without it necessarily being a. You know, I um and and to be fair, exactly. Yeah, That's, I did. I did that, and then COVID. Mm. Yeah, wow. Mm. Yeah, which is so. You were how long into like doing stand up, like as a real having a go? In well, Sydney? I only moved to Sydney at the end of two thousand and nineteen, and that's when I started. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, so I you yeah. timed it perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. I did a lot of rooms, a mm. lot of the like really cool sort of smaller rooms around Sydney, and got to know people. And then and then COVID, um, and then I did all sorts of Zoom gigs as we all did during yeah. COVID. And then during those, um, I remember during those weird months, sort of breaks from COVID. Do you remember those? There were periods where we're like, yeah. it's done, and there was a few of them. And then I did my first genuinely professional gigs during that time. So I had COVID to actually like practice. So who, mm. where, where were they the first? It was with Muggleton. Um, it was um, at Potts Point. Yep. Um, it was uh, himself and me and I can't remember someone else, but I'd like really prepared, like I'd really like rehearsed for it and prepared for yeah, it down, down to, yeah, down to the last second. And I was so nervous for it. Um but yeah, I'd done, I'd done sort of bits and bobs before then, but I remember that was when like I started to get taken seriously as a professional comic. Uh, and then from there, it's just been like a, a ride. You know, there's been really great gigs and there's been surprise comedy and, yep. you know, the galas and the tours that we've done. And, you know, it's just been, um, it's been, it's been wild. <laughs> it's, it's, it is a fun job. It like, is. It oh, is just such so a fun, fun. Yeah. And that, that's the, I think that's the, like for me anyway, like mm. for my sanity, I think I, I remember I was talking to someone recently I hadn't bumped into in a while and mm. it just sort of popped out. I, I, you know, Ben Elwood. Yeah. So I bumped into Ben and we haven't seen each mm. other in, in a while. And um, he goes, how are you, man? I said, really good. I said, as long as I don't think too far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and it sort of just fell out. And I was mm. like, oh, that is actually like, mm. as long as I'm just, okay, mm. just gig. Gig now, gig now. Like, mm. Don't think too far ahead or, you know, am, am I going to, you know, is this going to go into something? Is this going to mm. build into something? When you don't think about too far ahead like that mm. for me and I just enjoy the work. Yeah. Um, not, not to get too like white girl philosophy here, but oh, like here for me, for me, it's like celebrating the milestones that I don't think are milestones. 
Yep. Um, like, for example, I got uh, that tour that we did, uh, which was so fun. That was my first official tour. And oh, I'm really? like, and I'm like, three years ago, I never would have in a million years dreamed that that would be happening. And then it happened. And, you know, when I f- played my first gala, I'm like, it's just another gig, but it's not. It's a really big deal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just celebrating those milestones as they happen. I think that for me, I like to go, I like to sit back and go, okay, look at all the stuff I've done or doing mm. and say, when I started comedy... If mm. I told me then mm. this is the stuff you're going to get to do, mm. would, it, would I have been happy? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be more than happy. So that's oh, absolutely. Where, that's where I think, yeah, and just keep enjoying the, the process yeah. of gigging because it's sort of one of the things I love about it is it's never – you're never done. Oh, absolutely. Like, you never solve the problem of how to make an audience laugh. Yeah, because you're never done writing. There's always – there's no. you're just never – yeah. Well, you're in the – process at the moment of <laughs> the next show yeah i fin- i um i want to take my uh, last year's show overseas next year but until then i'm writing a new show uh and i uh literally i'm in the middle of a season at the moment i'm playing new stuff um and i i it's terrifying because i'm just like what if i'm never what if i'm not any good well, and it just, goes back to the start yeah we were talking about this at the, mm. just before we hit record mm. of that is with musical comedy for mm. me that would be the most terrifying thing mm. apart from the fact that I'm not musical and couldn't do it. Um, oh, you could give it a bash. <laughs> it's karaoke. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> um, but is the this it's very obvious when you bail on a song as mm. opposed to like I can go into a new new bit mm. material. Mm. I'd realize it's not working and I can bail pretty quick and go to something else. I'm so jealous. You yeah. can you can be like, "Oh, yeah, uh, yeah I'll I'll keep working on that and everyone laughs and then yeah, you yeah. move on." Yeah. Oh, I'll be honest, guys, it's a new bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny with these songs. Um there's a couple of them that are kind of big swings as in I didn't know if they were going to work. And I still actually I've done two shows now and I still don't know if they work, but I'm really I'm I now know the song well enough that I'm really attentively paying attention to the audience. Um, to see what they're doing because mm. sometimes and I'm sure you've experienced this is if I don't get laughs I'm like oh well that was a failure but then you forget that people just listen sometimes yeah. you know you know what I mean like and not everyone is a big laugher some people consider it rude to make noise or someone's on stage it's like that thing that you do um you did at the, the top of our tour shows when you're like you know how some people laugh and they're like yeah and it's like we can't, we don't get anything. I, I <laughs> yeah, need yeah. I need to hear something because I'm yeah. not looking at you the whole time. And that's yeah, you get some mm. audiences and they're mostly just smilers. Mm. But it's yeah. like I know this. I don't know if this gear is going to work, and that's what's scary about new gear. But even like my old stuff, like you don't know who you're performing to, so they no. might. So they might absolutely love it. They might feel nothing. They might not relate. They might absolutely be obsessed, with it, and you just don't know. And that's kind of the fun of it. Yeah, and mm. I suppose some one of the other things with um, some of your songs is they're quite quick and mm. quite la- like there's quite a few jokes in there mm. so for me listening sometimes like i've a few of them i've seen a few times and then mm. like, oh, i missed that because i was mm. laughing last yeah. time so yeah. it's that thing mm. where sometimes people are holding because it's mm. all coming so fast yeah. they're holding their laughter in because they don't want to miss the next that's joke very kind well. mm. so uh, yeah, I, mm. it's uh, it, it does fascinate me the mm. musical comedy um fascinates me because it does um get a not a rough it gets a bit of a rough go with some comedians like, yeah. like you get the, it's very easy mm-hmm. i've discovered um as i get older i've realized it's it's easy to be reductive about just about anything oh yeah like so, um like, like prop comics or magicians yeah it's yeah. just like oh yeah oh yeah you're just a magic trick yeah, yeah mate, they put quite a bit of work into yeah. it. it mightn't be it's like you give it a go yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it mightn't be for you but mm. it is yeah like, it, it works and it entertains people and that's where the other thing i'm like well you know, maybe I'm just not the target audience when I don't like stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. And musical comedy as well. It's um, it's absolutely not for everyone. Um, you know, if you've got um, uh, you know, someone who isn't necessarily uh, into that sort of comedy, I find it fun to try and bring them around to it and be like, hey, it's actually like it could be kind of cool. To be honest, it's like anything mm. though. Mm. It's when it's done poorly. Mm. It's it's horrendous yeah. when it's done really well. Oh god, amazing. and it does get done poorly, just like yeah. everything. Like, and it's just you, and you know that there's like two and a half minutes of a song left, and you're like, that's oh. that's mm. the, that's the, it's the big swing of mm. doing musical comedy. But I also mm. think to the comics that bag on it, often I'm like, well, if if that was an option for you, would you take it? Because mm. I know if it was an option for me, mm. yeah, I'd probably have a few songs or something. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just not. I have. That's not a. Uh, a club in my golf bag of uh, of jokes. Like yeah. I just don't. I can't. I can't uh, do that one. So yeah, I, I just got to stick with what I 
too. Well, that's why I'm so impressed by stand-ups. Um, because I'm just like, how do you remember an hour? <laughs> of, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, sometimes, God, I wish I was a stand-up because lugging my gear around and like, you know, showing up early and sound checking, sometimes I'm like, oh, but then I'm just like, I, it's what I love doing. You know, like the joy of comedy for me is in the music. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, um, it was Muggleton again to, to, um, to bring him up. Um, I'm editing that out, by the way. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, can you edit it so it just sounds like I'm bagging on all these people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Sarah Gall says what she really thinks. And no, it's I'm just, just going to put someone else's name in there. Yeah, great. <laughs> Someone's semi-cancelled, like yeah. Louis C.K. Be like, yeah, as Louis once said to me. Um, uh, no, uh, he... Um, I, I sort of wrote um, a because their company, Running Joke, produced my my festival last year, which was which was so good. My festival run. Um, and 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 as such, I did some trial shows that were like you know an hour and a half long, uh, and I I wrote a lot of stand up into those shows, and then Muggleton just very aptly was like, "Why do you leave the piano?" <laughs> you know, he was like, "We like you're so good at what you do, and you obviously love doing it. Don't feel like you need to do anything." Like I'm paraphrasing him, and I'm like, "I actually, do. I, I'm just like I felt like I should do stand up," and he's just like. Just do exactly, you know, yeah. write the exact show that you want to perform. Exactly. You know, yeah. and I was like, and that released me from ever having to feel like I need to do anything other than musical comedy. And that's the the other mm. thing too, is like you, like that might come from a place where you think, oh, if I'm doing stand-up, I have to go do it like other mm. people. There's no rules for yeah. how it's done. Mm. And there's no, like, the other thing is, is the the comedians aren't the audience. Mm. Like they're not buying tickets to anything. Yeah. They'll stand up the back and judge. Yeah. But they're not gonna <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, they're not gonna buy mm. a ticket. They're not gonna mm. make your career. So mm. you gotta do what you find fun. Yeah, exactly. Now um we are almost at time, but one thing I did notice when uh I was uh I did a little bit of uh, Googling oh, just God. to get the names of Did the you find some like projects. Weird problematic article I posted ten yes. years ago or something? Um, Here we go. And it's mm. time to cancel Sarah Gold. Yeah, it's it was coming eventually. No, um Ted. Did you do a TED Talk? I did not do a TED Talk. Um, Why are you I, on the TEDx Sydney website? I uh, I did a... Uh, a TED song? Tell me a, you did a TED song. No, actually, sadly. I did a... Um, I worked with them for one of the TEDx conferences. Yep. So I was... Um, I was, it's so weird that that always, that, that that's like the third, I think they must have great SEO or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but I uh, decided I wanted to get in with TEDx. So I did, um, I did like a thing with them where I basically had a mic and went around and interviewed people at TEDx. And then, you know, I interviewed all the participants and then put together, and I did a, a bunch of articles and stuff for them. Oh, nice. Um, and posted, um, posted that. And then, yeah, I interviewed, um, attendees and whatnot and then they put it together in like a little social media package so i think that was um i think i just wanted to get in a tedx no i haven't done a ted talk yes i would love to what would your ted talk be about my ted talk like if you're on the red square you've got the headpiece in you've got you've got your slideshow behind you what is your ted talk about my my ted talk would be about how we listen to the wrong people oh in society so the one of the things that amuses me no end is the when people you know you talk about comedian like people mm. find out you're a comedian they, they talk to you mm. and one of the weird misconceptions is that oh you've got to be really smart to be a comedian mm. oh no you don't oh i've met yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, come hang out with yeah. some of these people like me included. like and then so i think sometimes because it's something people can't do or don't understand the instinct, mm. do, they they think there's more to it than mm. so we end up listening to celebrities or mm. even sometimes comedians, and you're mm. just like, well, that, no, no, there's experts. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, well, it never was that more obvious than during COVID. Yeah, you know, like that really came. I think that's a great thing because yeah, that really came. So my TED mm. talk would be called "Don't Listen to Me." Great, I yeah. love that. That's and really it, powerful. It, that's if people didn't walk out, I've failed. Yeah, absolutely. So. It'll get 10 million hits online. You'll get a book deal. Yeah. <laughs> What's your TED talk about? Oh, that's really interesting. Um, well, look at you pretending that you didn't no, see the I, question. You no, just I asked didn't. me. I didn't. What my TED talk I didn't. Would be. I didn't. Oh, my God. Where's this question oh come from? Oh, my God. From? No, I have nothing. No, genuinely. I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I think for me, it's. Um, it would be the. Um, I don't know. The interaction of, um, of comedy and. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but, um, you know. Why people need to listen to comedians more. <laughs> maybe, you know, actually, you know what? I think maybe it would be um, it would be called the 40-minute mark and it would be about that moment in a comedy show where it turns yep. and the comedian reveals they have depth and, like, 
You know what I mean? And I, d- I don't in and most days because I don't have any depth. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is all surface. At That's- the 40 minute mark, have an alarm go off and be like, oh, I missed a bus this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But my big reveal is I am surface. That's all I am, <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah, no-, no, I think it would be like, um, uh, and it would, it would be around that sort of need to uh, show that we have sort of depth. I mean, I certainly do it. Yeah. Um, and why that is and the interaction of, you know, comedy and, and things that aren't so funny, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's that, um, that f- it's like we still want to be taken seriously, mm. even though we've essentially asked you to pay us to make you laugh for yeah. an hour. But yeah. I'm also going to make you... Think. think and feel yeah, yeah absolutely i mean to be fair my favorite shows are a combination of all the above like my favorite two shows um on netflix or two comedy specials on netflix are adam sandler's um 100 fresh <laughs> they're both musical comedy shows yeah, yeah. so that's no coincidence and and people laugh when i say that but have you actually watched it i have watched it i, I, really I loved it i thought i was surprised i had an adam sandler cd when i oh was my God. younger and he mm. had some of the songs on it. Mm. He had a song called Medium Pace. <laughs> have, you, have you heard Medium no, Pace? No, it just sounds... Oh, my sounds... God. It is mm. basically... It starts out like a love song mm. and then just gets horrendous. Like, you know, mm. it's all like, you know, love, yeah, hold me tight now. Mm. Um, now. And then he just goes to, now see that shampoo bottle? Now shove it up my ass. <laughs> oh <laughs> Push my it in and out at a He's so... Pace. Yeah, like, he's it's so like, medium it goes, <laughs> Oh, my God, I'm going to have to look at that. I desperately, a, I desperately hope it's online. Mate, as a maybe 14 mm. or 15-year-old kid, mm. that was mm. just... It was filthy. It was just the exact teenage boy humour. There's something about Adam Sandler. I don't know what it is. I know he's kind of like... People think he's daggy. He's had a bit of a resurgence. I just... I was so impressed with that musical comedy special. I thought the way it was edited was amazing. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it goes from his trial shows where he's literally in a small theatre, has paper in front of him. They're figuring yeah. it out all the way through to the arenas and you kind of see the whole journey. Um, but also like... With what I said, just said in mind, the Chris Farley song, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like it sort of just comes out of nowhere. It's about his song, of his friend Chris Farley. Um, but that, that show is so silly, but then also has those like brief moments of profundity. And my other, oh, sorry, you go. So yeah, one of the things I love about Adam mm. Sandler is it's, it's, he can have those sensitive moments. Like he's mm. obviously a very sensitive guy, but it mm. is, it's just the whole um, vibe of the whole thing is, is we're, we're having fun. We're having it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. Yep, exactly right. And, and then uh, the other one mm. is um, uh, Bo Burnham's Make Happy. Yep. So everyone obviously was obsessed with Inside during um, during the lockdown, which is uh, a special that he wrote entirely like sort of in his house or whatever. But Make Happy is his special before that, um, which is, you know, filmed off the back of a tour. Um, and it's just one of the most remarkable comedy shows yeah. ever. And again, the last song in that show is it's just silly. It's just pure silliness. Um, like there's a song that's like suck my dick. There's yeah. a song that's like about like how creepy country singers are. There's just real silliness. There's- and then the song at the end um, is about uh, is like an, a, a rip off of a Kanye song, but it just like you finish it and you're just like that was so profound. But I laughed so much that uh, I think I've just listening to you describe those two specials and how mm. why what appealed to you about them is I think. I just joined some dots on why I like your musical comedy so much as well. Because I like both those specials. Mm. But it is watching... There's something to me that really tickles me about watching someone put a an incredible talent, like you're an amazing singer, to something really silly. Yeah. Like something oh, that is... You. Like mm. having a voice that's <laughs> like so good or that, you know, the technical... Um, mm the technical musical knowledge it requires mm. for Bo Burnham to, to rip off, a mm. like to do a Kanye song type thing. Yeah. Um, and put that technical nous and that, that talent to something so silly yeah. to me is just that, that's yeah. a, for me, just a massively winning formula. I love that. Oh, and that's what you. that is. That does like, mm. cause you are a genuine, like good singer. Which not all musical comedians. Someone are. who was it? It was Heggy. No, I think it maybe was Chris Ryan, who was just like, uh, I was I was on stage at one of the places we were playing, and she's like, oh, um, Barney uh, turned to me and said, I don't know why she does comedy with a voice like that. And I was like, <laughs> that's, and I was like, that is one of the nicest, like most backhanded compliments ever. But I love it. <laughs> it wasn't meant as a backhand. No, no, no. I was just like, like that's that. so nice. Yeah. Like you could do mm. like it's like you know when you see someone with an amazing intellect mm. that just wants to do 
it's like you're like, mm. oh, you could be anything. Yeah, like, you exactly. Could be proper show business. What yeah. are you hanging out with us for? There's no joy in. There's like there's I I. I have so much respect for like musical theater performers and singers and stuff. But to me, the joy is in making people laugh. I'm like, if yeah. I'm not doing that, I don't know why I'm on stage. Which is, that's mm. a, a great bit of awareness of what appeals to you about mm. the, this career, I suppose. Mm. Um, you tried to wrap up 10 minutes ago and then I started banging on about Adam Sandler. No, no, no. This is, this is perfect. <laughs> this, is exactly what, uh, this is exactly what I like. Is that last I'm like, but minutes, Adam Sandler. <laughs> my Adam Sandler's, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm gonna dig up that song for you at some stage. Oh, also, sorry. Have you um have you watched any of his recent movies? Because he's just he's having a. We're in the era of Sandler. Did you watch that basketball one? Yes. Oh God, he's good. Yeah. So I just good. I just think he's such a, an incredible person. Yeah, he. Plays, I want his career. He has um, and this sounds wanky, but he has this. He plays vulnerable really That's well. what it is. You just want to hug him. Yeah. <laughs> like even a- during his special, like when he was playing his guitar song, the Chris Farley song, I was like, I just want to hug him. Yeah. He it's just a guy. So he he leaves his heart on his sleeve. He so just puts it all out there. Yeah, which mm. is, it, I think there's that childlike, mm. it's just a similar place where his sense of fun comes from. It's almost like you're hanging out with a, that's like what it is. Kid. And that's like, what that's, it is. That's the mm. the fun. Of, yeah. Of it. And that's why those sort of people are so appealing. To mm, yeah. Them, I suppose. Absolutely. So, mm. um, mate, thank you very much for doing this. Now, before we wrap up, just mm-hmm. uh, look down the camera, or if people are listening, which I don't think anyone. I just. Listens. I also need everyone to know that I didn't know I was going to be on camera, so I look. Yeah, like that's a, my fault. I look like I a before picture. Mm. Um, just let everyone know uh, where they can find you online mm. and anything else you got to plug, and um, yeah. Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Empire of Gaul. Uh, my last name is Gaul, G-A-U-L. On Facebook at Sarah Gaulness, or if you want to sign up to my mailing list or find out about shows at saragaul.com. That is Gaul, G-A-U-L. Excellent. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thanks for doing this. Thank um, you for having me. It's been a real no, pleasure. We'll catch you next time. Yay! That was awesome. That was Thank great. You.